Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Calder. A lot to talk about tonight, and we're going to get right down to it uh, with March Madness. Uh, there's quite a bit going on, so we've got the playing game still going on between Syracuse and Arizona State, uh, and it's going back and forth. Uh, right now, uh, uh, Arizona State's got a small lead uh, halfway through the uh, second half, but honestly, it's been back and forth uh, pretty much the entire way through. No one's really been able to get, uh, grab a stranglehold on the game. Uh, although one observation I will make is that both Bayheim and Bobby Hurley are just working the refs nonstop in this one. So it's actually entertaining to kind of watch the sidelines. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead with uh, just kind of going through uh, the bracket picks. Uh, you know, uh, I have my initial thoughts about this game. Uh, uh, to speak of, just because it, I, I do think it could have a potential impact. I'll get into that a little bit later about why, just in terms of style matchups. But uh, uh, right now, come to it, since we have uh, uh, the games beginning tomorrow, I did want to actually uh, start getting into, uh, which I did on Sunday night with my initial thoughts on it, but kind of want to get into uh, just a basic uh, ideas and strategy that you uh, should take into consideration uh, for uh, any pulls that you're playing this year. So, first off, you know, one of the biggest things that people tend to forget when doing brackets is to actually look at the rules of the bracket. So, uh, more often than not, uh, you'll see a scoring format that goes along the lines of one point for the first round, two points for the round of 32, Sweet, uh, sweet 16 uh, victories, Four points, eight points, uh, sixteen to thirty-two, so on and so forth for the champion. But what also can happen is uh, you can also get uh, different scoring formats that favor uh, the value of the seed plus the points, or you can get even trickier with uh, the value of the seed times the number of points, or you could have a, a scoring format where. Uh, instead of just doing the 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, you could just do uh, 1, 1, or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, and not actually have the wide disparity. So what happens is uh, when you have uh, the wide disparity in the later rounds, basically it tells you that you should uh, be looking towards more conservative picks because you're trying to skew uh, your uh, picks in a way that your final four 
you're getting that pretty much intact or at least three out of four if you want to have a reasonable shot at winning. Because more often than not, in terms of uh, bracket pools, you're aiming to get at least somewhere in the range of uh, 40, uh, 46 to 50 picks correct. If you're honestly uh, trying to win uh, a moderate-sized pool that's under 100 people, that, that, that you're looking to be in that range. If you're going for a major pool, then you're, you're probably uh, in the range of having to get at least 50 picks right and getting all four of the final four picks correct. Now, obviously, there are going to be outliers to this, cause some, and we'll, we'll get into that a bit later, but you know, it's just one of those aspects that, uh, in terms of rookie mistakes, I would say, that's the most common one. It's just not actually taking a look at the scoring format and just... Take uh, bearing that in mind, if you're getting uh, the points multiples doubling each round, then you probably should be going for uh, more reasonable picks in terms of your final four, rather than you know trying to shock everyone with a, a low uh, to even possible double digit seed. I know it's happened in the past. Believe me, uh, I recall uh, the Syracuse run, Wichita State. I mean George Mason. There, there are stories of teams making runs, but if you're looking at it as a whole uh, on the aggregate, it just doesn't happen enough to justify the valuation unless you're playing multiple brackets, which is another uh, aspect that uh, I'll get into. But um, So, A, scoring format, and just kind of moving on to the next one is, uh, again, knowing your pool size. So, uh, when it comes down to it, uh, again, uh, if you're playing in a big pool, it's it's not as advantageous to play it safe, just because of the fact that there are so many people in the pool that you know going chalk is not going to help you. But I, I would say that in terms of uh, the boomer bust. It, it, that's where you could start doing a little bit more uh, freestyling in terms of your picks, if you will, where you can go a little bit further out on the limb. So, uh, you know, I was kind of reminded of this when I was doing my assessment again because uh, Virginia, uh, for those of you who did not know, lost uh, their star player, DeAndre Hunter, to a broken wrist. So he's out for the entire tournament. So in terms of... Uh, overall impact. I mean, he was the ACC Sixth Man of the Year, but more importantly, uh, DeAndre Hunter was probably the best pro prospect on uh, Virginia. So, uh, in terms of their matchups, what it basically does is shrink the bench because Tony Bennett doesn't play a deep rotation. He, he plays eight guys, so that puts them down to seven. So, they, realistically, what you're looking at is a potential situation where uh, if Virginia gets into early foul trouble, say against a potential matchup against Arizona, that puts them way behind the eight ball. But uh, in terms of a larger pool size, Virginia's odds uh, of winning title have gone down quite a bit. There's no question about it. But what it also does provide is a bit of a, a contrarian pick uh, to go against the fold. So in case they were able to uh, make a move, you're definitely going to get benefit of doubt in terms of the scoring format because you have 
a number of people, and uh, believe me, in a number of my pools, uh, I've had to readjust to take uh, Virginia out either uh, over the weekend, uh, this first weekend, or uh, in the Sweet 16. Uh, but in a larger pool where you're playing against uh, three, 400 people, you know, it might make um, uh, some sense to actually have one bracket with Virginia going uh, to the Final Four because what Virginia will still do is play elite-level defense. They're, they're the best defensive team in the country. They've held every opponent they face this year under 70 points. Them uh, on defense, I still don't uh, I still don't think a ton of teams are going to be able to score on them. It's just my uh, biggest gripe for Virginia is the fact that you know, if you're if they're going up against an elite rebounding team, or uh, you're facing a superstar player like a, uh, in in terms of uh, uh, a Marvin Bagley at Duke or DeAndre Ayton at Arizona, again, these are not typical guys you're going to be seeing uh, in most of the college uh, matchups. But when you're talking about going up against the best of the best in the NCAA tournament uh, against the Blue Bloods. That's where uh, Virginia's going to uh, run into issues in terms of scoring the ball and getting rebounds. Uh, and it's the second chance points that worry me most about Virginia playing against elite competition. I'm not necessarily worried about Virginia against lower-seeded teams or 8-9 matchups. It's really when it comes down to the fact that uh, if they have to go up against uh, Arizona or if they go up against a gritty Cincinnati club, I do don't know if they have enough oomph at this point because uh, in terms of what Hunter brought to the table, he brought that little extra spark off the bench to get them through the slow sport, uh, slow spurts where Virginia struggles scoring the ball. And uh, right now the Q's have actually pulled ahead. Uh, so uh, that one's still going back and forth, but uh, uh, Arizona State still has uh, uh, some time left uh, because we've got about three minutes left, but uh, uh, you know, Syracuse is just a pesky team overall, but I'm getting distracted. So, anyway, I'm getting uh, uh, into the, the actual brackets themselves because, again, overall strategy definitely is going to uh, differentiate uh, depending on the size of your pool. And uh, for the most part, you should be taking uh, into consideration uh, what uh, the overall because again I hate it when people go with oh well the the uh, the 512 uh, upset pick is always something that happens every year or a 413 matchup realistically the selection committee screws up the seeding so uh, from time to time you're going to get teams that are overseeded uh, teams that are underseeded so you can get value out of a 710 matchup if uh, if it's a if it's a messed up seeding uh, or you can uh, look for a five twelve matchup when it really isn't there. So uh, you know, I try to avoid just picking it just for the sake of picking it, uh, just because it's not something that, uh, again, it can happen. But realistically, what you're trying to do is uh, uh, pick the most solid uh, matchups where you can get some expected value out of it, rather than just hoping for an upset. Unless it's a scoring format where it gets really funky and you're multiplying uh, uh, the value times the seed, then, yeah, the expected value jumps up uh, dramatically uh, with the upset bonus uh, points that you're going to be receiving. So, 
without much further ado, going into my official picks that uh, I'd be going with in terms of a, a standard scoring format. So uh, one, tw- uh, one, two, four, uh, one, two, four, eight, sixteen, and thirty-two. So basically, in this format, no bonus points whatsoever. It's just try to get the picks right, and uh, you go from uh, go from there. So, anyway, uh, starting off with the South region, which features uh, the aforementioned Virginia. So, again, I'm assuming in this context, you're getting uh, about anywhere from 100 to 200 people in the pool. So, uh, this one. Uh, like I said, you're going to be looking more towards uh, keeping it safe just from the standpoint of A, you're not getting any bonus points, and B, because of it being a larger pool. So typically this is the size you would see like at your local bar anyway. So anyway, uh, getting into it with the South region, uh, I've, got Mar- uh, I've got Maryland BC obviously losing to Virginia, uh, you know, one of my one of my rule of thumb is like there's always someone picking a one in sixteen upset, which always drives me nuts because you know it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it could happen one of these days, and people always say it's going to happen one of these days. But again, you're not going to get any value out of it just because it's it's so rarely it's going to happen that yeah okay you you got it once in twenty years. It's not really going to be. Uh, doing wonders for you, but yeah, I guess you could t- tell a story once and live off of that. But anyway, I've got Virginia in this format still making it to the lead eight, and again, this is more from the context of hun- losing Hunter is going to hurt, but in a pool like this, I'm actually going to pick an upset, and it's not even going to be a true upset in my opinion because it, it's uh, you've you've got a talented group with Kentucky uh, they've got they've actually peaked as the SEC season has gone along uh, heading into the SEC tournament so I actually uh, would pick Kentucky uh, in this format over Arizona mainly because now that uh, Virginia uh, has the Hunter injury I feel a number of people are going to be backing off of, of Virginia so that if you're in a large enough pool and you have the popularity of the crowd just shifting in a completely different direction, fade the public. And in this scenario, uh, I'm going to have Virginia in the Elite Eight uh, facing off against Cincinnati. So uh, in terms of the South region, uh, early round matchups, obviously Virginia. I've got Kansas State. Uh, That's a pick-em matchup uh, between them and Creighton. Uh, but uh, I'll take Kansas State, uh, Kentucky over Davidson, Arizona over Buffalo, uh, Miami over Loyola Chicago, although I'm in in a different format, which you'll see later, I'm actually going to take Loyola Chicago over Miami. Again, with this format just being one point, I'm not seeing valuation for picking Loyola Chicago, so hence I'm taking Miami, uh, Tennessee over Wright State, uh, and Texas over Nevada. Nevada has been trending downwards in the last, uh, I'd say about the last month or so, uh, just in terms of uh, where they've been in conference play heading into it. Because even though they've been a top 25 team all year, uh, they were kind of trending down and uh, losing out in their uh, 
Mountain West Conference. I, you know, I didn't really get a great feel for Nevada. Texas isn't, believe me, uh, you know, it's not the most reliable club. Uh, even though they play in the Big 12, you know, they played teams tough. They just couldn't really quite get over the hump. I, you know, I just look at the, that one of those matchups where uh, Texas, even though they were 10 seed, they're pretty much even with Nevada. I think Nevada getting the 7 seed was a bit generous. So that's just one of those matchups where uh, it's a pick em, But I actually think Texas is a slightly better team. So I'll take Texas there. And obviously in the higher scoring formats where you get upset bonuses or uh, uh, value plus seed or a multiple of the seed, uh, I would definitely take Texas uh, in that matchup. Uh, yeah, just when I kind of went back over the results again, it made more sense to me to stick with Texas. It's just Texas is just such a frustrating team to watch that it's it, it made it a little bit harder for me to actually endorse the team. But uh, I, I got to go go for at least the numbers are telling me. So I'll take Texas there. And then, uh, like I said, since I've got Cincinnati rolling through this uh, group just because. Tennessee, it's a solid enough team. I just don't think there's enough uh, there to make them truly stand out. So I actually got uh, the Elite Eight matchup being Virginia versus Cincinnati. And uh, to my point earlier, Virginia, I think, is going to hit the wall against a team that can grind them out and or and just play bully ball. And Cincinnati can definitely do that uh, pretty well. If it's uh, Cincinnati against a more elite team, uh, then you get uh, Cincinnati run into some issues. But uh, I'll talk about uh, the West region next because that's the region where I could see upsets happening just because I'm not sold on any of these teams, uh, particularly because they, they all have their own separate issues. But uh, I'll get into that right now. So uh, Xavier, uh, you know, they had a great year, but... One of the issues that I have with Xavier is the, the fact that you can probably uh, get to them with size. And uh, even though there's not a true team that really does a big man game well in this region. So that's the one benefit that uh, Xavier has if you're going to pick them to go far. Uh, I, I do think that Gonzaga can actually get them, uh, though, just in terms of the overall style of play. Uh, they... Do feature a nice little front court between Jonathan Williams, Tilly, and then Hachimura, who basically doubles as a starter because of the amount of minutes he plays off the bench. But, uh, you know, it's pretty much a balanced enough team where I, I look at the Zags as just the biggest weakness they have is the fact that they don't have an individual star. But, you know, I, I'd rather take the team that doesn't really have a glaring weakness in this region because of the fact that I, I see holes in other other teams uh, within the bracket. I, I you know uh, I, I try not to uh, denigrate Michigan, but Michigan's foul shooting is so bad that any in any close matchup, if they get into a, a shootout, I I worry about them actually closing out a game because they can't shoot free throws. Uh, and out of uh, the West, the other team I see coming through would be North Carolina, just because uh, 
the pedigree, Joe Barry, you know, there's enough there with the team. And because of no one else in that region scares me enough that I could see them knocking out North Carolina early. I, I see the Zags and Tar Heels uh, in the Elite Eight matchup between the two of them, uh, to be perfectly honest. So uh, just going through the picks, uh, I've got uh, uh, Xavier going out to the Zags in the Sweet 16. Uh, Florida State uh, probably knocks off Missouri. Uh, you know, the the problem is Missouri has the potential to be the sleeper, but there are so many background issues going on because you don't know the status of Porter Jr. If he can realistically go of a solid 30, uh, 32 to 35 minutes because with Jordan Barnett suspended because of his DUI, uh, last Saturday, I mean, that's a huge hole in that team. I I really don't see them beating Florida State without Barnett, but you can't play Barnett anyway because the school will take an even bigger black eye. So, uh, and the question mark about Porter Jr. Uh, just scares me enough where uh, I got to be off of them. So I'm going to take Florida State, uh, even though Florida State basically just runs uh, 10 to 11 deep on you without actually having much in the way of uh, delineation between the the players. They'll just run bodies at you, and I think that's enough to get past Missouri, but they're they're not going to have much of an answer for Xavier. Ohio State, solid enough team. Uh, I know people love the 5-12 upset. Uh, You know, sorry to say, folks, I don't have a 5-12 upset uh, this year at all. Uh, Just in terms of the matchups, I, I didn't like any of these. Uh, to make a, a pick on them. Although New Mexico State did come close, but that was the closest one. Uh, Ohio State, I I do see them going past South Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota State does have a nice backcourt. Uh, I mean, if they get hot enough, uh, yeah, they could shoot the lights out of the building. Uh, and, yeah, I could see them getting a big boost in the first half, but I, I think Ohio State and Chris Holtman knows what he's doing in terms of coaching. Uh, I, I do think... Uh, the Buckeyes uh, pull it out in the second half, even if uh, South Dakota State gets off to a nice start, which is what they're going to need to uh, win that game, by the way. But uh, uh, I got Ohio State winning first round and then going out to the Zags. Uh, like I said, with Gonzaga, uh, I see them going uh, into the lead eight, uh, and I, I don't really see them having much of a struggle. I mean, the only game that I could see them struggling in would be Xavier... Uh, just because Xavier's uh, backcourt will blew it, they can put up points in a hurry. And yes, the one weakness with the Zags, because they don't have a true star, uh, they do struggle at points of putting enough points uh, on the board to separate from teams. So, you know, it's kind of like Virginia, uh, where, and yeah, they'll play great defense, but they won't exactly deliver a knockout punch because on offense, there's not that go to guy. But. Uh, I'm I'm still taking the, the Zags uh, uh, to get past uh, Xavier uh, into the Elite Eight. In the bottom half of the draw, interesting dynamic here uh, be- between Houston and San Diego State. San Diego State has uh, basically uh, <laughs> a team full of guys with great wingspans, long, lanky, can play the passing lanes, and just give you fits. Uh, Houston, very much a grinded-out team. That should be an entertaining matchup. 
in terms of a point valuation standpoint, I would take Houston in a standard format here uh, just because uh, you're not getting any upset points or uh, value-added points. Uh, but in other scoring formats, yeah, I would take San Diego State uh, just from a points uh, valuation standpoint uh, uh, because you, you can get a little bit uh, a little bit more out of your money there. Uh, Eric Brooke Gray is going to be the guy to watch in this matchup for Houston. Uh, just a dynamic player in the backcourt, Juco transfer. Uh, but, uh, you know, he brings a little bit of grit. And if there's a situation where Houston's down, he's going to be the guy to kind of pull him out of it. Uh, moving on, Michigan and Montana. Uh, the Montana Grizzlies can shoot the ball and they can play some defense. I actually think Michigan's going to have their hands full here. If there's going to be a potential upset, uh, this is one of the matchups I would circle uh, uh, for people to be paying attention to because of the fact that uh, Montana can post fits for certain teams. And Michigan's one of them, like I said, because they can't shoot free throws, uh, Montana's going to be able to find uh, find a way into uh, staying in, uh, relatively close just because they can put up points in a hurry. So I, I will... I look at it where Montana has a chance of uh, pulling off an upset here. I think uh, Michigan skates by, but uh, I think this is going to be one of the closer matchups in the first round. And moving on, uh, you've got uh, A&M in Providence. I, I was talking about this like uh, to a couple of folks, just uh, with uh, them asking like who you pick here. Again, this is just going to come down to uh, just valuation standpoint, Providence plays a very set style. There's, they're not going to trick you in the NCAA tournament. Ed Cooley plays you straight up, uh, in, in terms of how his team's, uh, going to go after you. So they're going to, they're going to throw it inside, but it's still going to be a lot of ball screens. And if their shots are falling from three, then yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Otherwise, I think A&M pulls this one out. Although, neither one of these teams should be able to run away with it uh, just because they don't necessarily have the offense uh, uh, to uh, deliver a knockout punch to their opponent. So, uh, th- that is just one of those where, if you uh, in terms of a tail of the tape, they've had very similar <laughs> seasons uh, between the SEC and the Big East. Uh, uh, so, uh, again, I, I look at this as this is one of the more... Uh, pick a matchups, even though it's a seven ten game. Uh, realistically, these are two of the most evenly matched teams in the tournament, uh, playing playing off against each other. So, uh, based off of uh, scoring format, uh, you know, I would probably lean more towards Providence. I gave a slight edge in terms of A and M in terms of win probability, but again, uh, in terms of a scoring format, uh, I would lean more towards Providence in most formats, just because of the fact that. Uh, A&M's more of a pick and the 7-10 matchup's not going to give you uh, much benefit uh, outside of uh, just uh, the single point. And, like I said, with North Carolina, I don't see any of these teams uh, giving them much trouble. Uh, I'm not even sure if Michigan's going to be able to get past Houston or San Diego State. Uh, to me, I-, I think Michigan probably goes out to uh, Houston or San Diego State, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, but uh, I, I do think it's end up going to be North Carolina, Gonzaga, and the Elite Eight. And in terms of going on to the Final Four, uh, I think 
uh, Carolina probably gets it done. Uh, just uh, and it'd probably be one of those games where Gonzaga just runs out of offense uh, towards the end. Uh, I think they're the better team than Carolina. It's just that you know when you're in a situation where you're playing back-to-back games. So uh, obviously the Sweet 16 uh, would uh, end up being either Thursday, Friday, and then you got a game Saturday or Sunday. Uh, that second game fatigue usually kicks in. So uh, I kind of look at Carolina probably being able to uh, manage that a little bit better than uh, Gonzaga would. So in that uh, technical rematch of the final from last year, I, I think uh, Carolina uh, gets, uh, gets uh, past the Zags again. So moving on to the Midwest region, uh, obviously you've got Kansas and Duke here. Uh, I'm basically summing this uh, up as either you're taking Duke or you're taking Michigan State, uh, mainly because I don't see anyone else in this region matching up against Duke outside of Michigan State. Uh, Marvin Bagley Jr. is just a uh, freak of nature in terms of what he can do offensively in terms of uh, the glass and real. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the only team that can match Duke on the boards is Michigan State. And if you're going to beat Duke, you're going to have to at least clamp down on the outside shooting for Duke and uh, be able to box them out on the on the boards. Uh, so that's where Michigan State actually can get it done where other teams can't. Uh, uh, Syracuse pulled it out in terms of the playing game. So it's Syracuse against uh, TCU. Uh, it's actually one of those games where I actually think Syracuse can win it. Uh, uh, I would actually put Syracuse in for a win against TCU. TCU doesn't play uh, enough in terms of, and I know Jamie Dixon has had that team playing more offensive, uh, but they don't necessarily do a great job of defending the three-point line. So I actually think if Syracuse can get the shots falling early, uh, they can pull off an upset. So, again, depending on the scoring format, uh, I would actually lean more towards uh, Syracuse getting uh, uh, getting a win here. Uh, just as an 11 seed, uh, you get a little bit more valuation there. But uh, to me, this uh, uh, bottom uh, draw is about Duke or Michigan State. None of these other teams really do much. Uh, Rhode Island against the Trey Young All-Stars. I mean, Oklahoma is here because of Trey Young. This is an exhibition for him. I think he's going to put on a show. He could give Rhode Island trouble, but Rhode Island's a deeper team. I, I think they uh, take care of business and uh, uh, kind of basically shut them down the way everyone else has shut down Oklahoma and just made Trey Young uh, play by himself and just kind of gun for stats. So, uh Outside of that, uh, if you go to the top half of the draw, uh, it's how much do you really trust Kansas? Because in this, you know, when these brackets came out, I, I kind of remarked the fact that Kansas got uh, what really ends up being more of a cakewalk. Uh, and I shouldn't say cakewalk, yeah, because most of the teams are, are, are tough matchups, but no, nothing that troubles you to the extent of having to deal with uh, an Arizona squad or a Kentucky squad. Uh, I mean, Kansas is looking at a matchup 
I mean, Seton Hall is a is a good team. Uh, I mean, uh, you've you've got uh, Angel Delgado who can give Kansas trouble in the paint, uh, but I don't see Kansas unless they do a classic Kansas choke job. I can't see Kansas uh, dropping out in the first weekend uh, this year. I, I really can't. Uh, Seton Hall should get past NC State. Uh, they are the, they are the better team, even though it's an eight nine matchup. I I, I look at it and say, you know, even though it's uh, it's still close, it, Seton Hall is the better team. I, I don't really see too many scenarios. I, I think they probably win that matchup uh, seven out of ten times. So I, I got to take them over NC State, even though it's a eight nine matchup. Clemson, New Mexico State. Yeah, this is one where people have been circling as an upset special. New Mexico State definitely has enough balanced scoring to get the job done. I just look at Clemson. They can play good enough defense, and uh, they can get past uh, just enough offense to squeak by. Uh, it's just that they'll never blow you away. So Clemson will always keep you in it. So if New Mexico State can get the shots falling, then yeah, they, they can pull off an upset. I just don't see it happening. But uh, it wouldn't shock me, but I, I just don't really see – that kind of upset happening. And then uh, Auburn, uh, I see uh, a tight matchup there. I, you know, And this is where, I guess, my own personal bias comes in. I've never been truly sold on Bruce Pearl in the tournament uh, in terms of a coaching strategy. So that's where I kind of see Auburn tripping themselves up. Granted, they have more than enough tools to beat Clemson. I just think that they can get in their own way and screw it up. So I, I see them losing to Clemson uh, in the first weekend. So uh, just uh, just from the standpoint of uh, I, I see Auburn finding a way to lose that game. And then after that, it's uh, Kansas going over Clemson. I'm going to take Duke over Michigan State, uh, although that's the one matchup where I see Duke getting a lot of trouble. I think Duke would have a harder time getting past Michigan State, that I see them uh, getting past Kansas. I think if they get past Michigan State, that matchup against Kansas is n- not going to be nearly as difficult. So I've got Duke being my third Final Four team. In. And then coming into the East region, you know, Villanova, they, as long as Villanova uh, can avoid and. T- I I, 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 I I say this with all due respect, respect. Jay Wright has found this weird niche where his teams either do really well or bomb out completely. Realistically, Villanova should not have an issue getting into the Final Four based off of the pairings here. The only team that can really give them trouble... Uh, would be Wichita State, and Wichita State has not defended nearly as well as they have in past years. I think they're going to have a tough time getting past uh, West Virginia, and West Virginia doesn't score frequently enough to give uh, Villanova uh, the uh, the danger that Wichita State would pose. Uh, so in my bracket, I've got Wichita State going out. If Wichita State gets past West Virginia – then we, we have an interesting discussion here uh, in that Sweet 16 matchup where Wichita State could pull off the upset and blow up the bracket here. But uh, in the bottom half, uh, realistically, I, I consider Purdue an overseeded number two team. Uh, I just 
even though the record says that they're a, a, a great team, Michigan State was a, a superior team to me. Uh, if you're just looking at the, the two teams uh, by the eye test, I think Michigan State's uh, a superior team. Uh, realistically, uh, Butler has the potential of knocking out Purdue. Texas Tech has the potential of knocking out Purdue. I, I'm not sold on Purdue actually even making it to the Elite Eight. I'll give them benefit of doubt in this pool just because uh, of standard scoring, uh, but at, it's it's not really even having much confidence in them. So, uh, just to summarize in terms of the Final Four, it's Cincinnati against North Carolina, Villanova versus Duke. Uh, championship game, I've got uh, Duke versus Cincinnati and Duke winning it all. Uh, again, for those of you who hate Duke, I... I I certainly get it, and believe me, I'm not a fan of Coach K and the incessant diving and the floor slapping that never, never ends, it seems. But uh, I, I just look at Duke's team, and that's a very well-rounded team that not too many uh, uh, teams in this tournament can match up well against. So uh, it's really coming down to that uh, Michigan State matchup if, if they can somehow uh, get through that one. I think the rest of the way to the Final Four uh, makes it a lot easier for them to digest. So in this scenario, I've got three number two teams and only one uh, one seed. So usually something has to give there. But in terms of if we were doing a much larger bracket pool, uh, the one caveat I would say, and uh, I'll get into this right now, is give Virginia a little bit more consideration because even though I, I talk about DeAndre Hunter causing an issue uh, with them in terms of getting their rotation set up, uh, the thing to bear in mind is the fact that in a large pool, you're trying to find a little bit of undervaluation in the marketplace, and uh, Virginia probably gives that to you. So in a larger pool where you're talking anywhere from Three to 600 people, uh, I would look at a Final Four involving Virginia, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Michigan State. So, uh, two number one seeds, but uh, Virginia would far and away be the least favorite number one seed to make it to the Final Four. A uh, four seed in Gonzaga that's not that popular uh, of a pick, although I know people would pick Gonzaga to make it through a couple of rounds. I don't see too many people picking Gonzaga as a Final Four team. And Michigan State, I do see being a popular pick, but because of having Virginia and Gonzaga in there, uh, that kind of offsets it. And Villanova is a it's going to be a, one of I, I would say they're probably the most popular number one seed to make it to the Final Four. Uh, but again, if in a large pool. You're trying to get uh, somewhere in the range of it, getting some conservative, so you're 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 getting uh, the core picks right, but then you got to get the differential right for the final four, and I think that's where Virginia and Gonzaga uh, play a role there in terms of a large pool where you're getting uh, your maximum valuation for points. So uh, there goes uh, some of my pick su- suggestions. So. Take for that what you will. Uh, for those of you who are participating in some of my own polls, I'll be posting my uh, results 
in the email and reminding all of you to uh, make sure you get your picks in because, again, uh, the ESPN and CBS servers both crashed uh, at around 10.30, uh, yes, uh, well, 10.30 Thursday morning, the day of the tournament last year, and did not really kick back on until after the game started, so uh, a number of people ran into that and couldn't get their picks in, so uh, please, please, please get your picks in if you have not done so already first thing in the morning, so that's all for tonight, because we're getting late in uh, pretty late uh, in the night, so I'm going to sign off and uh, send out my emails that to my own participants, but best of luck to you in the tournament. Enjoy the games. Hopefully we get some buzzer beaters, but again, because I'm giving you bracket advice, it's going to sound boring, uh, but I'm trying to help you guys win your uh, pools too, so uh, take it easy and uh, enjoy the games, everyone. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.